Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Maureen, your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted, and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my name is Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with. In the words of Peter Venkman in Ghostbusters 2, Happy New Year! Hello and welcome to Films To Be Buried With. My name is Brett Goldstein. I'm a comedian, an actor, a writer, a director, a menu, and I love films. As the great Paolo Coelho once said, none of us knows what might happen even the next minute, yet still we go forward because we trust, because we have faith. We have faith that Nish and Brett will manage to pull off their Films of 2023 episode before August this coming year. Yeah, good luck with that, Paolo Coelho. Every week I invite a special guest over. I tell them they've died and I get them to discuss their life through the films that meant the most to them. Previous guests include Barry Jenkins, Sharon Stone, Jamila Jamil, and even Fled Flambles. But this week, it is the brilliant writer, actor, comedian, director, producer, podcaster, it's Chelsea Peretti. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll get an extra 15, 20 minutes of chat with Chelsea. You get her telling a secret, you get to hear her favourite beginnings and endings of film, you get the whole episode uncut and ad-free and as a video. All that and more at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. So, Chelsea Peretti is a comedy legend. You know her from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and a million other TV shows. You know her as an amazing stand-up. You can see her special, one of the greats. You know her from seeing her live and you know her from her podcast called Chelsea Peretti, which is back. Now, you can listen to it. Listen to it. It's hilarious. She's just made her first film as a writer, director and star called First Time Female Director, which hopefully we will all get to see this year. I met Chelsea at a gig. I saw her do stand-up, which she hadn't done for a while. It was incredible. She's so funny. If you get a chance to see her, you must go see her. She's brilliant. We recorded this on Zoom a few weeks ago, and I really think you're going to like this one. So that is it for now. I very much hope you enjoy episode 280 of films to be buried with. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried with. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by an actor, a writer, a producer, a podcaster, a director, a comedian, a big mouther, a Brooklyn Nine-Niner, a crank yanker, a hero, a legend, a superstar, and a human being in her own right. Please, will you welcome to the show? I can't believe she's here. Can you? Well, she is. It's only Chelsea Peretti. Yeah. Thank you. What an intro. My God. Hi, Chelsea. You can see the the stand-up background. Uh, lovely to see you. Thanks for doing this. Uh, for those of you who can't see, there is a dog in this uh, particular episode. It's a very nice dog. It's a new dog. Yeah, he's from the streets. No, we we're can't. We're talking about the dog. Yeah, we can. I just don't usually, you know, share his name. But he's a dog from the streets. He's very barky and growly. So I'm just trying to keep him under control. Okay. Now, Chelsea, you've done lots of things. You're beloved. I had a gig with you at Largo and you hadn't done stand up in a long time. 
and you were like, oh, I don't know, I fucking, oh, I don't know. And then you went on and was so insanely amazing and so funny. And then you came off and were oh. like, oh, that was shit. Whoa, <laughs> was well, like, that, come on. that's amazing. Come you know, on. <laughs> that's You're so nice of you. And I I really, um, I think this is why I don't do a lot of stand-up anymore. It's like, I realize like, I just don't feel good about it most of the time. I feel good about it like one out of 10 times. Like, as in, can you see, I mean, I totally get it, by the way, but as in, objectively, those 10 times you do it, in the nine times where you don't enjoy it, are you thinking it's going badly? Or is it going well, and you're still not enjoying it? I mean, I think once you get to a certain experience level, you're not going to be like, fully bombing. But it's not going to be exhilarating. Like, you know, the feeling when you feel like you have the audience in the palm of your hand. And for me, I just feel like, yeah, where we can go off on tangents and we're laughing together and stuff. It, that's the funnest time for stand-up. But so much of the time I feel like a substitute teacher, you know, and I'm like trying to prove to the class that I'm a teacher or something. And it's just like, it stresses me out. Also I'm <laughs> moody and I feel like moodiness doesn't go that well with stand-up. Like, you know, you got to put on the mask and dance. And sometimes I just, feel like we're all morose, certainly, right? Like the times and they're like, no, we want to just be laughing and you're ruining our night out, you know? So, <laughs> I mean, I have to, I have to, I have to disagree because hmm. I think people love it. But if you don't enjoy it, that's interesting because you're very, very good. Yeah, because I think like the people that I see that get up every night, it's like they feel great after. And if I felt great after, I could see where I I mean, listen, I have an addictive personality. Like if I felt amazing after doing stand up, I would want to do it all the time, too. So I don't know. Yeah. So is that why you've not been doing it much? Because you just don't enjoy it? Well, it started off like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, my call times were like 6.30 in the morning. And I had, I think before that had done my hour special, my only one that I've done. And I was like kind of on a roll with stand-up at the time. And then being on Brooklyn, I was, I had 6.30 call times pretty much every day for 23 episodes, you know, a year for five years. It felt like it kind of took the wind out of my sails for stand-up in a certain momentum way. Although if I had been touring, then it would have been really smart and great, but I didn't do that. Um, Probably because I had a small child and I was exhausted. And But yeah, I don't know. I No, don't whine, dog. (laughs) I just call him dog. (laughs) Don't do it. You said you wouldn't say his name. I know. His name is dog and now it's out. (laughs) Don't do it. Please, you can't. Come here. It's a nightmare. I really don't actually know what to do because if I put him in a back room, I think he would just bark the whole time. Yeah, I can't hear him. So. Oh, great. Yeah. All right. Don't worry. So maybe just shut up. <laughs> All right. I will. But anyway, so yeah, then I kind of fell off. And then it's like you kind of feel behind because the peers that you came up with have progressed and you're like, oh, they've done 10 specials and I've done one. And now it's like literally I feel like everyone is doing stadiums. Like every comedian, they're like, you know, he does stadiums now. I'm like, what? (laughs) Like when I was coming up, it was like two people that could play venues of this massive size like that. I don't know, but I still do. Like, I did have fun doing the tour that I did leading up to my hour special. Mm -hmm. And that is a bit of a different feeling because it is like your people. And yeah, I don't know. Maybe I I feel like maybe I'll do it again when my son is a little older. I think the world needs you and it's important. God, this is the best podcast I've ever done. (laughs) Now, (laughs) tell me this, though. In other news, you've only made a bloody film. I know. That you wrote and directed and you're in it? I did, yeah. Actually, in preparing for your podcast, aside from from like putting on tons of perfume. um, (laughs) We can tell. We can tell and we appreciate it. You smell amazing. (laughs) Thank you. Um, I was literally driving from my workout to get ready for this podcast, looking at your list of questions and thinking, I'm really not a movie snob. Like, you know, in, in in my movie went to Tribeca, which I'm very thankful for, but it really was like a wake up call for me. Like, I think I, I don't know what is up with me, but like, I just, I was like, oh yeah, like Tribeca or like festivals, like people are movie snobs. Like 
But people like are so obsessive about films in a way that I really actually am not. I, I have my own way of obsessing about films, but it's usually about a line that stuck with me, a character that stuck with me. I think I'm more about parts and pieces, whereas I think a lot of people are about shots and are about plots, shots and plots. Shots and plots. I, podcast. <laughs> yeah, your your Yiddish <laughs> podcast, shots and plots. But I I'm about like moments, lines, characters, and so I I think that helped me also understand like my movie's not going to be for everyone, but then for people like me, it will hopefully be for them. Yeah, this is great promo for my movie. But it's yeah. not good. No, I'm just kidding. If you like um, shots and or plots, it's not for you. <laughs> Not for you. Um, no, I like simple stories and like even being in a writer's room, like the the pressure for stories to be super complex. Mm. And, you know, I myself actually enjoy very simple stories. What is your what is your film and what was the what was it like for being a first time director dealing with crew and actors and everything? Were you was it a nightmare? Was it a pleasure? You know what? I really, I honestly really did love it, which, you know, like how I'm very upfront, like stand up a lot of times, I don't love it, but I really, really loved it. It's like summer camp or something compared, especially to television in which, you know, especially a show, a network show that's 23 episodes. I mean, that is like a major, major grind. Mm, yeah, and as you know, I guess how many episodes of Ted Lasso is it? No, it was only 10, 10 to twelve. Oh, that's that's perfect. Yeah, because then you can pursue your other projects. You can still do stand up. Yeah. By the way, I got a part in a Marble movie. Hey, congrats! Marble, Marble. It's a competitor to Marble. <laughs> <laughs> that that's one of my new jokes. Um, anyway. <laughs> This is why we need you. This is why you don't. That's exactly why you don't. Wait. Oh, so yeah. So I loved it. I mean, I, I really did. It's funny, like I went into making a movie like, finally, everyone will listen to me. (laughs) And then you realize, no, there's all these experts and department heads and people who have vastly more experience than me. And they have artistic opinions and uh, they're good to listen to and they're helpful to have. So making it better. And now he starts barking. I mean, listen, I want you to be comfortable, but I can you hear him barking. No, I don't know if it's, <laughs> if it's like picking I'm, up. It's like I'm going mad. Yeah, what's podcast. funny about it is if, I don't know what's being recorded, but from what I can hear, if people are listening to this, they're going, Jess is an insane person who has an imaginary dog that makes noises. You're like, did you know she doesn't even have a dog? <laughs> there was no dog. People are looking at the vis, scouring the video. I don't think there was a dog. <laughs> Scrubbing through. Look there, when she carries him off, quote unquote, there's nothing in her hands. She also just kept calling him dog. Dog. The name was dog. There was never a dog. Uh, yeah, he's actually absolutely going mental. Um, so... <laughs> Where were we? We were talking uh, you about... You were saying about department heads. You thought everyone's going to listen oh, to yeah. it and, and actually... Yeah, but then, you know, I do love collaborating. Like I've been in, you know, writer's rooms, a lot of writer's mm. rooms, and I really do love the the process of brainstorming with other people that are creative and smart and you wind up at like something you wouldn't have wound up at on your own. So I do love all that. And I I loved the people that worked on the movie and they were all very like, they added, everyone added something special. Right. And it's just cool that it's one month of like insanity. Like I love the pre-production is like all this strategy, which now in hindsight, I would do even more so. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. But so much strategy and planning. And then there's this explosion of extroverted, intense, like, I mean, directing is insane. It literally is just, everyone's just like, we're running out of time. We're running out of time at every second. 
but the camaraderie and the socialness and also just laughing so much was so fun. And then the editing is probably the hardest part for me because it's so painstaking and I I'm obsessive, like pouring over things. And I still feel like I probably missed a bunch of stuff in the footage, but marking every little moment that I like. And, and then, um, you know, trying to fix a lot of things because there was a lot of things we didn't get. And, uh, you know, but making magic sometimes out of this and that is is also, you know, it's it's a special alchemy. It is. Um, it is. Yeah. I, I, do you have, because I do believe that thing of like, you make the film three times, you make it in pre-production, you make it in the shoot, you make it in the edit. The final yeah. film that you have, how far away, for good or bad, do you think it is from like how you had it in your head at the beginning? Like when you look at the final, you're like, this is nothing like how I thought it would be, or this is very close or... Well, you know, I think that one thing that I really wish I had had was a storyboard. I know uh, I've Mm. talked to people who have differing feelings about it. You know, like some comedy people don't like it because they feel it makes it really rigid and stuff. But being that I was in the scenes and directing, Mm -hmm. like I really I had a very naive idea that I was going to be watching playback all the time. Yeah, yeah. I was not able to do that. So how did you do it? I mean, literally, I was just fucking flying blind. <laughs> like, I really was well, like, I learned a going, lot. Was that good? Was that good? I Yeah, half the time. And like, then in editing, I'd be like, oh my God, I didn't know this actor was doing this thing every time. Sometimes it was an amazing <sighs> thing. And sometimes like, oh, someone walked in front of the person saying their line on every take. And I Fuck. didn't know. So it, it yeah. was crazy. And I, I definitely learned a lot. What I think is true to the original vision is the casting which I really wanted comedy people like through and through. And um, I think there's so many funny moments. I I have my favorite scene that I think has a lot of comedic drama, which is like kind of a tone that I really like. And and I like how it looks. Yeah. So there's a lot from the original energy that I think came through. And I think a lot of the tone came through that I wanted to. And then there's a lot I learned for what I would like to do for the next one. Do you have a next one? No, not on the not on the books, no. Okay. I mean, I certainly have not written one. I was like, oh, the writer's strike, great. And then I didn't write anything. So um I have I have a number of ideas and one that I like, but I haven't like outlined or scripted it. So when you I've always wondered this, when you're acting but you're directing, are you in the scene like you're doing your acting but you're opposite actor? Are you like with your eyes like Willing them like, do do that fucking do that <laughs> like it was in the scene. I I'm sure there was some moments like that. Yeah, it's weird, but uh, I mean, no, I think overall I was able to try to conserve that to between takes. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I saw this play um, in New York, but it was an English cast. It was called like the play gone wrong or something like that. It was like oh, yeah, something yeah. gone wrong. Have you seen it? It was pretty funny. I know what it is. There was lots of moments like that where like, there was one where this actor's like stuck in a doggy door. He's dressed up as a dog, but he can't get through it. And so the actor keeps, the other actors saying to him like, come here or something like that. And he's like looking at him like, (laughs) I clearly can't. Anyway, I, I, we brought my kid to it. And honestly, we were laughing way more than he was. (laughs) I think. I think just because performance nightmares feel really familiar for us. I've got many more things to ask you, but there's something I forgot to tell you and I should have said to you up front. You have cancer. It's not that. It's sort of more... Oh, thank God. Well, on the other hand, you're dead. You've died. (laughs) Oh, my God. What? How? Well, that's the question. I died in my workout. How did you die? How did you die? (laughs) Lifting. That's the question. Lifting. Lifting too much poundage. What, and your arms fell off and you bled You bled out? Bled out into the gym. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I mean, pretty cool. It all just came back to me. It's pretty fucked up. Did everyone scream? Or it's were they... cool that like even in the afterlife, I'm just fucking doing podcasts, <laughs> you know? <laughs> It's, it's the dream of millions. The dream. Of so millions. there is something to look forward to. Yeah. What's it like yeah. on the other side? Some bit of admin <laughs> and some podcasts, and you have to yeah, be at a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Ghost casts. <laughs> Do you worry about death, Chelsea Peretti? Oh my gosh, all the time, don't you? Talk to me. Well, yes, I do. That's why I do this podcast. Let's talk about it. <laughs> I you mean, you it was seem about like movies. you worry about death. 
Yeah. You seem like you worry about death and Mm -hmm. yeah. And let's say before the pandemic, I was like, when's the other shoe going to drop? And then the pandemic happened, then the strikes, you know, now everyone's fucking, there's just no end. It's, uh, Mm -hmm. it all makes it feel like, wow, all my worst fears could happen at any time, (laughs) you know? So, yeah. What do you think happens when you die? Do you think there's an afterlife of any kind? That's a tough one. That's a tough one. I do love the idea of like reincarnation or some sort of energy exchange. Like your energy doesn't just disappear. It goes into like a plant or a tree, you know, or something like that. And, you know, when my grandfather died, when I was little, I would hold this little lion, ceramic lion that he had and um, talk to him at night. You know, so I I don't know. I do believe like when people I know have died, I will talk to them a little bit sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) Bet you weren't expecting this answer. No, I I want that sort of answer. Yeah. And then I just do. I feel nature makes everything make sense. So when someone dies, there's like there's some feeling for me that they still exist in nature or something. Do you still have the ceramic lion? I do. You want to see it? Yeah, I want to see your granddad. I had, I'd have to go get it. No, you don't have to get it. But do you All still right. think your granddad's in it? I don't really think he's in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not like, knock, knock. <laughs> I'm not rubbing it three times. You're awake. Sorry to disturb you. You're awake. <laughs> uh, hello. <laughs> um, no, like, oh, I don't. What now, Chelsea? I'm trying to nap. I don't really still like hold it and talk to my grandfather. (laughs) That'd be funny if I maintained that for so many decades. I think it helped me, you know, when I was a kid right after he died. But no, I do like having things from my grandparents in my house and um, remembering them. I do, uh, as much as I joke about it, I do also think I totally buy it. As in you talking to people, when you talk to the dead... Do you visualize like how do you visualize it that they're that they're listening that they're in the room that they come visit like or is it not really I kind of do I kind of it's like I kind of know that they're not necessarily a sentient being or something but I just kind of think maybe they can feel it or hear it if you talk to them. <laughs> well, I got news for you, Chelsea. They don't. No, there is a heaven. They're listening. Oh. Yeah. They're listening. Wow. They're engaged in. Sometimes your granddad is in the line. Sometimes he pops mm-hmm. in just to have a chat. How do you know? Show. Because I run this. <laughs> I run this place. You uh, run I'm, heaven. I'm sort of in charge of admin and whatnot and uh, admissions. And anyway, you're, you're obsessed with admin. <laughs> you are welcome. <laughs> it's just it's hard to escape. And you are welcome in heaven. Welcome. They're delighted to see you. It's filled with your Thank favorite you. thing. What's your favorite thing? Carbonara. It is absolutely wall-to-wall carbonara. It is a sea of carbonara. It's pretty gross. You're sat in carbonara. There's carbonara, far as the eye can see. Princess cake and carbonara. Mm, Ice cream sundaes, hot fudge sundaes, caramel apples with almond, roasted almond. This is happening. Yeah. Anything else? One more thing. Do you like eating? You seem like you probably don't. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's not my number one. Exactly. I knew it. I I tell you, I have, I think I'm good at reading people. I knew you think about death and I knew you're probably not into food that much. Yeah. Yeah. There's too many other things to be into. Well, anyway, you're welcome in heaven. Carbonara, princess cakes, ice cream sundaes, candy Mm -hmm. apples. It's got it all. It's also got everyone you love in it. And they're very excited to see you. Everyone's a huge fan. But they want to talk about your life through the medium of film. And the first thing they ask you is, what is the first film you remember seeing, Chelsea Perret? Okay, now this is really weird, okay? I often feel this way. I don't remember my childhood. Like, I the I want to say, like, the first movies I remember watching probably is, like, in high school with my high school friends, like Adam Sandler movies. Right. Waterboy. You know? You got your Waterboy. You got your Happy Gilmore. So... It's weird. Like, I I hate 80s movies, like all the ones that all these people just like love. In general, Mm -hmm. I don't really love them. Actually, you know what I would say now that I think about it? Probably the first movies that I remember seeing, I don't know if it's the first movie, Cocoon had a huge impression on me. I love Cocoon. (laughs) Tell me. No one has mentioned Cocoon on this podcast ever. We've done hundreds of episodes. Of course not. Of course not. About time Cocoon Cocoon came out. I mean, it was just. About fucking time. (laughs) 
Thank you. It was just an inspiring concept. Yeah. You know? Um, so cocoon, I think, uh, big, you know, like conceptual as well. And also about aging, two movies about aging. I mean, I guess as a kid, I was already worried about it, <laughs> Yeah, you know? Yeah. And ultimately I was right to worry. Okay. Your instincts were right. Yeah. My instincts were right. So cocoon and okay. Pee Wee's big adventure. I don't know what year that came out, but that's another early one that I, I remember. That's it. Thank you. Thank you for coming. What is uh, the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? I don't. I don't like being scared. Yeah. So what's interesting is recently everyone said Exorcist was so scary and I watched it like a a year or two ago and I was like, not really scared. Mm. And I think it's because like I wasn't raised with Catholic iconography. Like I think that's why it's so scary for people. 28 Days Later, I really loved. And that's, I didn't find that scary, which Jordan thinks is weird, but I didn't think it was that scary. It was more like intellectually like stimulating. But let me see, what did I write down? Oh, um, you know, recently, there's a lot of movies I walked out of. So recently, Zach Kreger's movie, uh, what is it called? I always forget. He did a horror movie with this. Oh, the Office film, no? Oh, um, sorry. Um, Fuck. It's called the with the Airbnb. Always, yeah. And yeah, it's brilliant. What's it fucking good? I, okay, he showed us an early cut of it, and I had to leave at a certain point. And I thought it was really good. Yeah. But I was like, I don't want to be this scared. And also, like, Airbnbs just feels a little too like I don't like scary movies where it's like something I could be in. Like an Airbnb I could be in, or like someone hunting someone in their house. I'm like, I don't want to see those kinds of things. I walked out of Fight Club when that came out because I couldn't take the violence. I also walked out of Heat with this, like someone got shot in their head in the very beginning of Heat. So yeah, I don't even, I I don't think I had a movie that scared me. Barbarian. It's called Barbarian. 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 Thank you. Yes. I mean, I can't believe I, I just couldn't remember the name, but... It was good. And then once they started going down into that basement, I was like, yeah. you know what? I might not be able to do this. I was like, it's great. So you don't like seeing people be hurt either? I get that. No. No, I don't. I don't like people being hunted. I don't like people being hurt. Yeah, I, no. I understand that. May I ask you, you're, you're <laughs> married to a man who seems to very much love horror. Is, <laughs> is, is it, is it something where you, mind, go, where you like, go, I'm not going to watch anything you make? Well, first of all, his are more in the vein of 28 Days Later for me, where they're more intellectually stimulating, and that helps me with the fear. But when I met him, I mean, it was Key and Peele. He was like on Key and Peele. I was on (laughs) Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm like, cool. (laughs) Now I'm married to like a horror auteur. It's like a very different thing. I love that that you'd be giving him notes going, make it less scary. It's too scary. Yeah, that still feels, that's still reading scary. Let's trim <laughs> that out. No, this but isn't I would working for me. This is making me want to leave. So, yeah, need to trim this out. Yeah, no, but it's hard because I'm like, I literally don't like horror movies, but <laughs> I, I do like kids. <laughs> uh, what about crying? What's the film that made you cry okay. the most? Are you a crier? Oh, yeah. So, Okay, the funniest answer to that is Short Circuit 2. That, okay, I thought the little robot guy was dead and then he busts out of the back of that truck and I was like, (laughs) that made me cry. Oh, you know what else? You know what might be one of the earliest movies now that I think about it? Probably E.T. Because I cried in that like crazy. And also Never Ending Story. When that horse or unicorn like sunk into a bog or something. That was a nightmare. So those were earlier. Bent. Have you seen this film? Bent, I think it's called Bent. The guy's in prison. It's a Holocaust movie. It's, I think it's called Bent. It's a gay love story. I, me and my brother were in New Orleans and happened to go see it. And I I honestly felt like it was like being beaten with a crowbar seeing this movie. It was the saddest movie I've ever seen. And it was this kind of movie where we just walked around for hours afterwards, just absolutely melancholic. Mm. So that was really one kind of cry. Short Circuit 2 was a, a very different was a kind of cry. cry. 
I also cried at Glitter, Mariah Carey's movie, where there was something like her mom was homeless. Uh, And also The Notebook. I wept heartily. Yeah. I like that you're you're supporting Glitter. (laughs) Thank you. You know that the the awful tragedy of Glitter, well, no, I was about to say, (laughs) I'm about to say, well, I realize the way I've set this up is problematic, is that Glitter came out like a day after 9-11. And so it became, so it became on late night talk shows, the only joke was glitter because there was nothing else to joke about. So for like, that film was like battered and battered and like, because they couldn't make any other jokes. So I I always felt sorry for glitter because good or bad, it was sort of used as, uh, well, we got to joke about something and it'll have to be glitter. (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, honestly, it is crazy that how much timing matters for whatever you make. And with movies, there's like all this lead time. And I mean, just timing for art makes all the difference in the world. And, and that is crazy. I, I mean, I bet Mariah Carey was so bummed about that. (laughs) Um, Also speaking of 9-11, I was also going to say a movie that I saw after 9-11 was Zoolander. And I saw it in the theaters and I was, you know, I had been in New York on 9-11 and, went to go see that movie. And I mean, I thought it was so funny. And I think yeah. in part because I needed to laugh so bad. Yeah. 9-11. <laughs> We're just talking about 9-11. <laughs> You're like, do you want to come do my podcast to kind of move on 9-11 through Zoolander and Glitter? And glitter. <laughs> Doesn't seem uh, advisable, but yes. Yeah. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. <laughs> what is the film that you love? It is not critically acclaimed. Most people do not enjoy this film, but you love it unconditionally. Well, it's interesting. I, I feel like there's a better answer, but I did love Walter Mitty. Yeah, I love that film. So Thank wildly like, underrated yeah. and lost. It was great. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I thought it was cool because it inspired you to live life to its fullest. And like, how many movies do that? Like, I don't know. I just thought it was cool. And I don't know. It was just funny because I walked out of there like, you got to live your life. And then like everyone around me was like, not into the movie at all. So it was just like a real like shock to my system (laughs) because I was walking out all full of joy and optimism and looking around. People were like, yeah. 
Yeah. It's it's beautiful that film. I really didn't get. It was one of them films I saw early, like like the day it came out, and I was like, this is gonna be a hit. <laughs> Everyone's gonna <laughs> love this film. And then That's how I felt. Yeah. I was like, yeah. What? And then another one, my friend John Francis Daly, he directed. Well, we were talking about comedies, and he was saying he doesn't really do comedies that much anymore because they get so fucking skewered when you, yeah. you know, critically and stuff. And he did a vacation remake and he said it was yeah. like, you know, and it got shat on and all this stuff. So then I went to go watch it. Me and Jordan watched it and we were cracking up. It's actually really funny. You need to tell that so, guy. I would say a, a very large amount of times that film has come up on this podcast and people saying it's really? the funniest film. It's oh, that's often in their answer to the funniest film. Yeah, people are like, it's so funny. That's funny. so funny. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I was cracking up. There was a lot of great jokes that I, and, yeah. and really funny performances. So that that's interesting. I didn't know, because I haven't had anyone mention it to me, but that's interesting yeah, no, that it's come up a little. People love it. Uh, what about the other side of this? A film that you used to love. You loved it. You've watched it recently and you've gone, oh no, I don't like this. You know, before Sunrise, I loved it. Like, I think I was, pro- I don't know what year it came out, but I was probably like college like yeah. just experiencing love, you know, so it's probably right up my alley. Like watching it now, I was like, <laughs> like a jaded older woman. I'm like, this is like some college kid bullshit or something. <laughs> also Bottle Rocket, yeah. I loved. And then that I didn't feel like held up as well. I just showed my kid Austin Powers and I don't know. I remembered it being so hilarious. Yeah. There's some good bits in it, but I I wasn't, I was feeling it was overall more just like, you know, big production, lots of, you know, but it, the the hardcore bits, but also maybe I'm just so used to those bits that yeah. I, don't, I don't know. My son was cracking up at like the shh, shh. You know, I forget the joke. There was a whole, he, he keeps reminding me what the thing is, but. That's great. Yeah. So, but, um, those are my don't hold ups. It, interestingly, the, the opposite of tr- is true. I don't know if you ever talk about this on here, but I hated planes, trains, and automobiles when I was younger. I think I was too young for it. And then That's I watched that a few years back and I was like, this is so good. I loved it. That is an excellent question that I'm going to uh, have to use one day. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. What about, what is the film that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but the experience you had seeing it always makes it special. Uh, Well, (laughs) you set it up a little different than I thought you were going to. (laughs) But there's two that come to mind. One, when I was, I think, like about 13, kids came out and it was rated R, I believe. And so me and my friends snuck into it. So that was an exciting experience, you know? And the line that... Did you like it? I think I did. I mean, there was that guy, Telly, that character. He's like, oh, I'm going to fuck Darcy, yo. Watermelon juice all dripping down her mouth and shit. (laughs) That's the line that stuck (laughs) with me. But I mean, I think it was a... That would be an interesting one to rewatch, especially as a parent. But yeah, I think it was exciting. And it was like, I don't know. I think when you're a teenager, you want like things that tell it more like it is instead of trying to sugarcoat it. So I think that was exciting. Also, The Perfect Guy, which is a Michael Ely horror movie where he's the villain. Interesting for someone who's such a heartthrob. You know, I went with a huge group of comedians to that movie. And so we, I mean, people were just being hilarious. So I laughed so hard. Like that's one of my favorite movie memories was going with a huge group to the Arclight, now RIP, and just cracking jokes loudly throughout the entire movie and crying laughing. (laughs) <laughs> it was it was a great time. What is the film you most relate to, Chelsea Peretti? Um, well, I don't know if I would say of all time, but the movies that came to mind with that question were, I remember seeing L.A. Story and going, oh, like Sarah Jessica Parker. Like she kind of like, I felt like I felt like I was kind of like her or something. Mm. You know, she was like kind of a valley girl, but like, I guess yeah. she, I just kind of felt like she looked like me a little bit. And yeah. and there's a lot of funny jokes in that movie. So I think I liked that. Being John that's Malkovich. In my, that's in my top 10 LA story. I love that film so hard. That holds up. And also, like, did he ever do it again? Like, right? And did he? He didn't direct it. He didn't direct LA it. He wrote story. it. He also made a film that I really love called Shop Girl that he wrote. Oh, yeah. That is, also that. Very, is that very one underrated. funny? It's not so funny. It's yeah. almost like the opposite of LA story. 
And now Star is a dead person, right? Who? Star is a dead person. Didn't she die in a car crash? Who? Claire Danes? She's all right, isn't she? Oh, I thought it was Anne Hesch in that movie. Oh, no. She's oh. in... Hmm. She's in some other one with him? No, he 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 just dated her, I believe. Oh, I, don't I thought they were. They I thought they together. met on a movie. Hmm. Maybe. Hmm. 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 And okay, being John Malkovich, I related to the Catherine Keener character. I was like, ooh, this is like, I think when you when I saw that question, movies you most related to, I thought about characters yeah. that I related to. So Catherine Keener and being John Malkovich. I think Bridesmaids, I just felt like. It was all these funny women. And I honestly, I had never seen Melissa McCarthy before that movie. So I was like, who is this person? Because she just like blew my mind in that movie. And I felt like it had such hard laughs and and it was all women, which like, you know, as a teenager, I was seeing Adam Sandler movies with all my like friends who were largely guys and seeing movies that were largely guys. So like Bridesmaids was like revelatory for me. And then Me, You, and Everyone We Know, Miranda July's movie, I did think was like cool and that it was so sort of smart and funny and weird. And I think I really related to her tone. Excellent answers. Oh my gosh. Also, I forgot to say that Bo is Afraid. Yeah. That was a movie I really related to. I actually haven't finished it because it was so intense that I needed a break. And I was like, yeah. I'll finish this, this other part of it later. And I haven't yet. But I... I actually was trying to write a stand-up special that was very much like that movie. Wow. At one point, like a kind of an anxiety dream, heightened yeah. reality anxiety dream where it was it was like a stand-up special that never had any stand-up in it because it got derailed instantly, but I never, never wound up doing it. Well, as in you you don't get to the venue type thing. No, I'm on the stage, but then something happens and I have to deal with it. And then it just right. leads to a million other things happening. But it was very much in very tonally felt like how Bo is afraid felt. Yeah. In my mind. I think that film's amazing. That was a Thank fucking you. film that I was like, this is amazing. And where is it? Why didn't everyone go nuts for it? Well, it is intense as fuck. It reminded yeah. me of Lost. Did you ever watch Lost? Yeah. I was still So Lost. remember when they were like torturing people with like all these images and sounds in that? I don't know if yeah. you remember. But that's kind of how Bo is afraid felt. I mean, it was just like so intense. <laughs> it felt like like crazy, like getting like five lobotomies at once or something. Yeah. Uh, the next question is the one that everyone really only cares about. What's the sexiest film you've ever seen, Chelsea Perry? I think Out of Sight. Yes. With Jennifer Lopez. Yes. Correct. Was very, very sexy. Does that come up a lot or not? Uh, not as much as it should, because that is a very, very good answer. Yeah. Um, you know what's funny also? Skyfall was pretty, <laughs> not necessarily sexy, but I just remember watching that movie and I'm like, this, everything looks so cool. This is so <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and then I think you, you said like, what's the one you shouldn't have thought was sexy? And Yes. I actually What's had your a meeting recently. Worrying, why don't? We recently, I recently had a meeting and we were talking about a history of violence. And yeah. I was like, doesn't that have like a stairwell scene? I couldn't remember anything, but there was a scene on a stairwell. And he was yeah. like, yes, that's a controversial scene. But I feel like I think, I think that scene stuck in my head and perhaps a sexy yeah. way. But I can't remember the scene, so I don't want to stand by it fully. Well, I think he, if I remember, he has sex with his wife on the stairs, but it's possibly non-consensual uh, non or borderline big r let me, let me retract that then <laughs> let me retract it but i do feel like i can't remember i have to see it again i'll take yeah. it back okay but definitely out of sight but what is your worrying why don't i mean that was a perfect worrying why don't well, I guess I just don't remember the scene at all. So right, it's like okay. feeling like you have amnesia and then referencing something that might be like hotly controversial. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. Chelsea Peretti. What's the yes. objectively the greatest film of all time? Might not be your favorite. Okay. So this for me, this is the hardest one for me because I really don't believe in bests, like best ever, you know, like... Mm, my joke answer would be The Godfather because I feel like men are so into bests and they're so into The Godfather. <laughs> so that would be my joke answer. Is this why you named your special that? Yeah, one of the greats. Yeah, like that energy of like believing you're the best and believing <laughs> things are the best in the category and blah, blah, blah. So 
I think the most honest answer that I could say is Holy Grail because it's had staying power for me. It's the jokes have held up for me. I think it's such a hard thing to pull off. You know, I I read about it a little bit more recently and like, it sounded like they had a super low budget. It rained every day while they were trying to shoot. Like, it just seems like to me, like a perfect timing of this group at like their peak against all odds making something that's so silly and has so many memorable performances and jokes in it. But again, uh, movies are so different. How do you compare Short Circuit 2 to Holy Grail? You know? I mean, hard to, to say which is which is greater, but, yeah. but I think that's a what, very thoughtful answer. Is your best movie... Me? What do I yeah, think Yeah, do you greatest? have the same one every episode? But it annoys me. You're right. A lot of people say The Godfather and it always annoys me. So I'm delighted yeah. that you you haven't said that. But what's yours? Objectively, The Greatest, not my favourite, but The Greatest. I go like, this is the best the best of cinema, I think, is Don't Look Now. It's a, it's a scary film with Julie Christie and Donald Sutherland. Okay. I've but never seen that. So when, when was that made? 70s, late 70s. It's Maybe I would like that. Beauty. Is I it think you terrifying? would like it. It's more... I would be lying if I said it wasn't a bit scary. It's a bit scary, <laughs> but it's about stuff and it's deep and it's sexy. And also out of sight, out of yeah. sight steals from it, homages it. Really? The way the sex scene is and the way they're playing with time. Don't oh, now does all of that. Yeah, oh. I think you might actually like it. You <laughs> might like it. Sexy response. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I would look at that, I guess. I could try it. What is it called again? Don't look now. Don't look now. So you say that on every podcast? No, I don't answer. It's not about oh. me. This is about you, Chelsea. This really is like therapy. <laughs> what uh, What is the film that you could or have watched the most over and over again? I mean, I think ironically it could be Groundhog Day. Right. Also Holy Grail. Right. I don't like watching movies over and over. Um, so... Those are the two that I could probably say I have watched repeatedly. Now, we don't like to be too negative, so let's let's not dwell on it. But what's the worst film you've ever seen? So, well, I wrote down Bent because it was the worst in the sense of I don't think I've ever felt so bad after seeing a film. But it was well made. Yeah, that's great. Another one is Schenectady. Okay, Love now this that. movie, I'm sure you did. I could tell that you probably would. Now, here's the thing. I went to see it in New York, walked out of it, couldn't handle it. Then later, I'm like, you know what? This movie feels like it would be something I would love. Let me try it again. Tried it again. At first, I'm like, I love this. I love it. And then very quickly, it turned a corner where I'm like, I am not this depressed. And I also (laughs) don't know what's going on. (laughs) That's That's the closest to Bowie's Afraid. Of all, of all the things that Bo is right. afraid is like, it's like... Bo is afraid is a more accessible version Yeah, that yeah. has a bit more humor to it, I think. And a little more, so. I don't know. But yeah, they're in the same wheelhouse. But also, you know what? This is another controversial one, but like the lobster was like that for me. Like mm. I was like totally like, at first I'm like, oh, this is going to be so up my alley. And then as it went along, I was like, I don't know. I just remember feeling it feels so unrelentingly dark. And I don't know. I I wanted more comedic relief in it, you know? Speaking of which, what's the film that made you laugh the most? Might not even be the funniest film, but you laughed. Is it The Perfect Guy? So, I mean, yeah, The Perfect Guy, I truly did laugh so much. But it's sort of external why. (laughs) Bridesmaids, 100%. Like, when I think about what comedies have made me laugh out loud... In my life, that is up there. And more recently, I had never seen Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and watched that. And yeah, that was that was a lot of giggles. A lot of giggles. There was a lot of... I mean, I do like Steve Martin movies. Me too. Um, so um, The Jerk is a funny one because my family, we watched it and we're like, this is awful when I was younger, you know? And then we were like, kept talking about it and kept referencing all the jokes. And then we're like, wait, maybe this is really good and funny. And then we watched it again. We loved it. But it was like, somehow our first reaction was like, we didn't like it. Yeah. 
Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Chelsea, you've been an absolute delight. However, when you were training this morning, and you know what you're like, you're a, you like, they say, listen, can you lift 300 pounds? And you said, 300, I can lift 400. Put another 100 on. I literally spit in my trainer's face. Like, yeah. 300? <laughs> you said, get fucked, put another two. You said, you know what? Like, double it. And you said, 600. Double it. And then everyone gathered around. Double it again. Yeah. <laughs> so then 12, it was 12,000. <laughs> 12,000 <laughs> kilograms. And you, pounds. And you, pounds. Come and you come and you hold it. And everyone gathers around and your trainer's like, honestly, I have to say, I think this is a bad idea. And you go, fuck you, and you spit in his face again. And he says, please stop spitting at me. Her face, her face. Her face, I go, so sorry. I go, fuck yourself. And then I spit in her face. Yeah, you spit in her face again. And then she, she goes, I don't know if this is, uh, are we insured for this? I don't know. Anyway, you go, shut up, everyone, and watch <laughs> me lift. And you reach down to your 12,000 pounds and you pull up hard. And your both arms rip out of their sockets and blood gushes out, blood gushes out. Gushing. Every, everyone screams, ah, everyone screams like Macaulay Culkin, ah, and you go, ah, like you are like you achieved it. You think you've achieved it. And they go, no, look, and down on the floor. <laughs> I'm running, I'm doing a victory lap around <laughs> the room. I think I'm holding one finger in the air, you know, yeah. like a victory sign, number but, one, you know, but I have a phantom arm. And all you're doing is spraying blood, spraying blood over everyone. Like, oh, Slaying God, it oh, God, over God. all the equipment. And you just start, <laughs> you get the circle of victory you're doing gets smaller and smaller and slower and slower as you start to bleed out. And you're going, yeah, you're like, so, you're like a sort of machinery slide down. Yeah, I'm the best. I'm one of the greatest. And you fall down dead. And I've yes. heard all this commotion. I'm walking around. I've got a coffin on me. You know what I'm like? And I'm like, has anyone seen Chelsea Peretti? And they go, I've seen her. We're all fucking absolutely covered in her blood. Right. She's so, like, insane. seen her. I had to put wellies on to get to the treadmill. <laughs> wellies. So, <laughs> she's so English. So I come in, I, I come and I'm like, oh, help me, guys. So we start getting all the bits of you into the coffin. It's fucking, I'm having to scrape bits of you off the wall, all your tendons, all your fucking blood everywhere, like guts, everything. Anyway, stuff you in the coffin. There's more of you than I was expecting. The coffin is full. And basically, there's no room. You know who you no should room. get to help is uh, get that agent's son who killed his wife and her parents and dumped her in a um, dumpster in a strip mall. 
Who's this? <laughs> I forget his name, but I bet he could help. Okay, well, I call him up and he helps. And we stuff you in the coffin. There's no room in this coffin. There's only enough room to slip one DVD into the side for you to take across to the other side. And on the other side, it's movie night every night. What film are you taking to show the people of Carbonara Heaven when it's your movie night, Chelsea Peretti? Go. The Godfather. But ironically, (laughs) you know, I want to leave him on a laugh. (laughs) You're watching it like Mystery Science Theater, just shouting stuff out. Everyone's going, shut up. This is the greatest film ever made. No, listen, I'm sure it's a great film, and I, I just want people to respect me, you know? Yeah, yeah, I get it. What's the, what's the other really respectable, pretentious best film? Actually, I just did watch one that I really did like. It was like an old French film about a schoolboy. 400 Blows? Yes, I'll, I'll do that yeah. just for respect. Okay, really nice. Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> Chelsea, thank you for doing this. You've been wonderful. Is there anything you would like to tell people to look for, listen to? Actually, can I change it one more time? Uh, Uh, Can I be buried with spliced together the beginning of 400 Blows and the ending of Short Circuit 2? So you've like pirated these DVDs. So instead of the classic freeze frame ending of 400 Blows, we instead have uh, number five is alive bursting out the back of a van and everyone cries. I love it. (laughs) And it's all about time and progress. Yeah, and it's a commentary. Beautiful. It's like an art piece. Yeah. That's beautiful. Okay. Yeah, right. That's beautiful. Um, okay. is, there, is there anything you would like to tell people to look for? When is your film coming? Oh, listen to my podcast. I've oh, just yeah. relaunched my podcast in which I take calls from people. I had a British caller the other day told me an absolutely appalling story <laughs> <laughs> about a medical disaster for an 18-month-old baby. I was oh, like... Jesus. What are we doing? Anyhow, Brits are still welcome. And I take calls and we talk about different topics. Food is a big topic. So that will be a no oh, for I love you, this. Brett. I love this. Also bear attacks, which is um, a, a longstanding obsession, but a variety of other things. We have a lot of fun. There's a lot of sound effects um, that get played. I hang up on people to keep the show moving, mm-hmm. um, but not out of hate. And we get into some deep conversations sometimes. I love it. I love Thank it. Thank you. And do do we know when your film's coming out? We do, but I don't know if it's announced. So yeah, that's that's about it. Listen to my podcast and and watch that movie when it comes out. Hopefully, you like it. You know, mm. it's it's um, the opposite of shots and plots, but what it is is bits and bits and rhymes, bits and bobs. Chelsea, what a pleasure! Thank you for doing this. Um, seriously, thank you. This was this is really fun. Have a wonderful day. (laughs) (laughs) You're still circling the gym. Uh, (laughs) Oh, you know what else was really good? Oh, yeah, go on. McGruber. Fantastic. Fantastic. Incredible. That is up there. That's up there. Also, um, (laughs) no, I forgot the other one. Two more came to me in a flash. I know I'm going to wake up throughout the night thinking of movies mm. and gasping in the, to the night air. People are always called four days later. Wait, I didn't say The right. Godfather. It's okay. Someone else is uh, saying it. It's like, don't worry, it's been covered. <laughs> All right, well, thank you. All right, thank you. Have a good day. Good day to you. Okay. Goodbye. So that was episode 280. Head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein for the extra 20 minutes of chat secrets and video with Chelsea Peretti. Go to Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating, but don't write about the show, write about the film that means the most to you and why my neighbour Maureen reads it and it always makes her cry. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. I really hope you have a wonderful new year. I hope you enjoyed your holidays. Thank you to Chelsea for giving me so much time. Thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to the amazing producer Buddy Peace for producing it and for the brilliant Christmas mix. Thanks to iHeartMedia and Will Ferrell's Big Money Players Network for hosting it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics and Lisa Lydon for the photography. Come and join me next week. Oh, it's another cracking guest. You're going to love it. Thank you all for listening. Hope you're all well. That is it for now. And in the meantime, have a lovely year. And please, always be excellent to each other.
Your Canva presentation looks brilliant. Thanks, Brett. That's because I used AI-powered Canva presentations. I just described what I wanted and Canva presentations generated the perfect slides. You can even make a talking presentation for people to watch on their own time. Check this out. Recording. 101 Reasons Why Beaches is the Saddest Film Ever Made by your neighbour Maureen. Is it easy to use? If you can use a computer, you can nail your next work presentation with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Oh, thanks, my neighbour Maureen. Yeah, thank you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait, did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.